Melissa Fight faced from one corner of the room to the other, her eyes wide and staring into the space beyond the boundaries she and the staff were standing in. Her cheeks were pale and her eyes sunken with dark borders highlighting her lack of sleep. Her hair seemed splayed in all directions as she'd muttered words of affirmation to herself. We have to show a united front. I will walk into that room and, and create the sense that I have everything under control. I do have everything under control. Melissa stopped and raised her eyes to her staff in the lobby. They quickly averted their eyes away. Melissa grasped at her chest as she felt the walls caving in. I have to let them know security in these streets will improve dramatically. There will be much more recruits on the streets, politicians be damned. I can no longer be just about rhetoric. I have to show some action. Melissa clenched her fist tight as the doubts began to slowly build up. It felt like a dark void pinging her relentlessly and whispering directly into her ears. She tried to block them, but soon they overwhelmed her resistance. Three conferences in a week. In everyone, you have promised calm. Do you think another promise will suffice? Do you know what they call you now? Liar. Liar, Melissa, the dark voice declared. Melissa rubbed her temples and she picked up her pace. They all know you're phony. They all know you don't have it in you. Her face contorted into a grimace as she tried to do some positive affirmation. It's all going to be all right, she said to herself. The Dragon Baron's organization is beginning to tear itself apart. The dark voice quickly interjected. The members of the Dragon Baron's organization are blowing everything up while they are disintegrating. How long before they shoot each other near a school? There's no way it's not going to get out of hand, and it's all your fault. You're not firm enough. You said you will have forces on the ground weeks ago, but you bowed to the pressure from the governor and failed. What makes you think you won't fail again? Superintendent! The voice of one of her staffers pierced her thoughts, and a briefly thankful Melissa looked up at the gentleman standing in front of her. Is there anything I can? The young man stopped, looked around the room, a look of grave concern urged on his face. We all can do for you, he continued. Melissa paused and forced a smile. I am fine. We are fine. Everything is fine, she answered awkwardly, patting him on the shoulder and then stepping away from him. Our assurances seemed to fail as the look of concern on his face only grew worse. Melissa turned away from him quickly as he turned to the rest of the staff in the lobby and shrugged his shoulders. She stared at the large doors leading to the conference room, where she had to face the scores of hard questions from all the major news outlets. They smelled blood, and they were beginning to circle. The reporters who had hailed her appointment were now writing about how much of a failure she was and her inability to guarantee the safety of her citizens. It's my fault, she said to herself. I was the one who stood on the podium and declared the error of accountability had returned. Now my words are coming to bite me. If I don't convene this, they will question my commitment. If I do attend, 
They will hammer me about things that are not entirely my fault. Her mind wandered to the governor, who, despite promises, had failed to provide her with adequate resources. She felt a pang of anger. They want me to do this job with one hand tied behind my back. It's already hard enough without these limitations, she muttered under her breath. I need to make a statement today, and I need support from the governor. She continued, glancing at her watch. He has to approve my declaration, or I'm going to be mincemeat to these reporters. Where the heck is Jack? He should have been back by now. She glanced back to see if there was any sign of her assistant. There was no sign of him. Her head fell down, and her shoulders drooped as the feeling of dread continued to burrow into her mind. Ma'am! A familiar shaky voice called at her. Melissa turned around to see Jack sprinting towards her. Where the hell have you been, Jack? Melissa muttered as Jack appeared at the end of the hallway. He was sprinting towards her with a file in his hand. Melissa let out a pent-up breath and gave a strained smile. The feeling of dread evaporated as the enthusiastic figure of Jack made his way towards her. That feeling did not last long. Jack's usually smiling face was replaced with that of disappointment, and Melissa felt the feeling of dread return as the realization slowly sunk in. She snatched the file from his grasp and flipped quickly through it to where the signature of the governor was meant to be. Jack grasped at his shirt as he tried to catch his breath. What did the governor say? Melissa asked, waving the file wildly in front of Jack's face. Jack finally stood straight and looked at Melissa, who was looking at him through narrowed eyes and a creased brow. He said, Jack began panting. He said he couldn't approve it because he had no cost-benefit analysis to justify the expenditure. And Mikael? Melissa asked, her skepticism replaced with befuddlement. She said he had no choice but to stand with the governor on this, Jack responded. Are these guys out of their mind? Melissa sneered and waved her hand dismissively. The mumbling of discontent from behind the door of the conference room now sounded like a tsunami headed in our direction, and Melissa closed her eyes to refocus and regain some composure. After some time, Jack asked in a patient tone, What are we going to do? We? Melissa opened her eyes and looked at Jack. I have no choice but to face the music. The longer I stand here, the worse that music is going to sound. She turned towards the door, a feeling of resolve slowly enveloping her. I'll be fine, she said, forcing a smile. Great job, Jack, she said, tapping him on the shoulder. Jack nodded, staring at her with narrowed eyes and a furrowed brow. He forced a laugh and responded in a shaky voice. You've got this. Melissa forced her way through the doors and the mumbling in the room erupted into a chorus of noise. The cameras flashed furiously, their shutters opening and closing frantically. Are you going to resign, superintendent? A reporter screamed at her. Do you think your time as superintendent has been a success? Another screamed. Then the barrage of questions began to fly from all directions. 
Melissa ignored them all as she walked briskly towards the podium they had set up for her on the stage of the conference room. She wore an expressionless face as she turned to the frenzied chorus of reporters. Okay, Melissa, stay above the fray, she said to herself, to not show any sign of weakness. She placed her arm on the podium and stared into the crowd. After a few seconds, Melissa raised her hands and slowly the reporters took to their seat and quieted down. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, Melissa began. I know you have a lot of questions, but give me a minute to make a statement. After my statement, I'll be more than happy to answer as many questions as I can. There was some disgruntled mumbling and then silence. Thank you. I'm sure we're all aware of the disturbing scenes from the Bolling Woods as well as those from Lowbrow Restaurant downtown. We're currently reviewing all security footage and working hard to identify as many of the individuals as we possibly can. As many of you may have deduced, a significant number came over the South Bridge from the Colony District. Many of them had valid papers and as such, we're not here illegally. The press should also understand that this department is working hard to curtail any further breakout of violence. The police force will be out in full force enforcing the rules of the city district. Jack stepped into the room and focused on Melissa. Melissa glanced at him as the door latched shut and then turned her focus to the reporters. She reached into her podium, grabbed a glass of water that had been placed in there, and took a sip. Then she returned it into the podium. In my hand, she continued, I have a document detailing my plan for overhauling the security system in Engelstadt. While I can't go into details about what the plan entails, I can say that the plan is widely approved from both my colleagues and city officials. Melissa waved the file in front of the reporters. You should be assured that under my leadership, such violations of the law will not be tolerated. Our police department will work day and night to keep our district safe. If that doesn't clarify where I stand, let me be unequivocal. I am proud to be the superintendent of Engelstadt and I have no intention of resigning. Melissa stared resolutely into the crowd of reporters. She felt the weight being lifted and her initial anxiety reduced. I will now take your questions. The hands in the room shut up in the air. Melissa scanned the crowd, took a deep breath and pointed at one. Yes, Corina, she said pointing to the excitable blonde reporter. Corinna Neeson of the Engelstadt Daily Times, she began as she shot to her feet. Can you speak to the effectiveness of your methods, given what happened at the Bowling Woods? That was your old district, Superintendent. You were appointed to your current post based on the results of your time running the Schwarzwald district. It's been just a few months since you moved to this post. If your old location turns into such chaos only after a short time, wouldn't it be logical to conclude 
that your methods fail in the long term? Melissa reached for another glass of water and took a sip. That's a bit harsh, Corinna, Melissa retorted as she placed the glass on the podium. I have to say, the events at the Bollingwood is an isolated event, and an isolated event is not equivalent to a trend. I should emphasize the point that before the event, there was a steady and consistent decrease in the crime rate in the Schwarzwald district. Wouldn't you agree it actually fell below my lowest rate? That is a testament to the great work of the regional superintendent, Nimata Blyding. I should also point out that I stand by my record in the Schwarzwald district. Melissa took another sip of water and scanned the room. If this was my softball question, I wonder what the hat questions would be like, she pondered. Melissa noticed a hand waving furiously in the air. I might as well get it over with, she mumbled. I know I wouldn't have a moment's rest if I don't call on you, Paul, she declared. Thank you, Superintendent. Paul began, springing to his feet. There were 12 people killed in the massacre at Lowbrow. Records show it took almost 20 minutes for your officers to get to the scene. I have two questions. Is this press conference a ploy to protect your officers from the shambolic response time and overall incompetence in the response to a real threat? How can you reconcile the fact that your department was so slow with the notion that you're taking public safety seriously. Paul motioned to get into his seat, then he stopped and returned to his feet. One final clarification. You made a point at the start of your statement about the leadership signing off on a detailed plan of engagement. Is the governor on board with the plan? Melissa felt her blood running hot. There was a knot in her belly as she tried hard to hide the anger and dread from the reporters. After a few seconds, she began. Thanks so much for the question, Paul, she said, forcing a smile. I've committed to transparency, so I'll be as transparent as possible. The reason it took so long was that there was significant interference on the police frequencies. We got the call quite quickly, but when we tried to coordinate a response, we found that we couldn't reach the officers in the field. We had to send a convoy out from the police department. There are now steps that have been taken to mitigate this issue. We're going to be using dynamic frequencies, and that will make us resilient to jamming in the future. Were my officers slow to respond? Definitely. I take the blame because the buck stops with me. I'm here to assure you that as I grow, I take the pain to eliminate weaknesses in our infrastructure. Concerning the governor, I'm sure you all were here when the governor stood by my side and assured you that he will be doing everything to make sure his citizens are safe and secure. Melissa turned to the red light on the camera at the back of the room. The governor understands the significance of public safety and he assured me 
that it carries a high priority in his administration. The governor has promised me all resources needed to combat the violence will be made available. Regarding the massacre, we're trying our best to piece together what is going on. I'm sure the public will understand that this is an active investigation. Melissa concluded with a forced smile. You have not, Paul began springing to his feet. Thank you, Paul, Melissa responded, cutting him short. Yes, Thomas, she said, calling out to another reporter. As Thomas in his brown coat jacket and pink tie slowly got to his feet, Melissa watched Paul, who looked furious, make his way out of the room. She felt a sense of relief. This is not going as bad as I thought it would. Thomas Baker of the Engelstadt Guardian. He began, We have several reports from inside the Dragon Barons organization that states that there is currently a power play going on. Why has your department failed to acknowledge it? Thomas, has my department made a statement on that issue? We are not tasked with speculating on the intentions of disgruntled criminals. Perhaps you can share your sources with my department and we can get a solid picture of what's going on, Melissa responded. Thomas smiled. You know that is not possible, Thomas said. There was a ripple of laughter in the room. My point is, how can you solve this issue if you cannot acknowledge the root of the problem? As I stated earlier, my department cannot make statements based on speculation. I have no definitive answer for you at this time, Mr. Baker. Thank you, Superintendent, Thomas said, getting back into his seat. As I got to his seat, Melissa watched as a man in a black suit and tie walked into the room. She watched him curiously as he made his way to the back of the room and leaned against the wall. Melissa focused on the hands in the air again. She pointed at a young lady in the front row. Superintendent, are you concerned for your safety? The young lady, who had a disarming smile and an excited expression written on her face, asked quickly. Melissa finally gave a genuine smile. Young lady, it would be nice to know who I'm addressing. You'll have to forgive me as I'm still new to both the city and a lot of your faces. The young lady covered her blushing face as she avoided making eye contact with Melissa. I am so sorry, she said in a shaky voice. My name is Melissa Krings, and I'm with the B. It's absolutely fine, Melissa, Melissa said in an assured tone. Thank you so much for the question. I have full trust in the measures my department has taken in the last few days. I think more citizens of Engelstadt will be safe. And so will I, she responded with a reassuring grin. I believe we as an organization are learning quickly from our mistakes. So no, I'm not particularly worried about my safety. I trust the officers I serve with. They're some of the best people I have ever worked with. And I'm very proud to be part of this team. I do appreciate your concern, Malice. Should you really be so sure? The man in the black suit ordered from the back of the room. Melissa focused as the man pushed forward from the wall. All the eyes in the room had turned towards him. 
You stand behind that podium, making strong statements, and your thrones of fans gobble it up like it's truth. Do you really think you're safe? How safe can you really be if I could just stroll in here? There was some scrambling from the back of the room. Melissa gripped her podium tight as the band began walking towards her. I've got a message from the Dragon Baron, he said, reaching into his coat. Melissa was frozen, wide-eyed, with her mouth aghast. I want you all to write it out in your column tomorrow morning, he continued, pulling out a gun from his coat. As the police officers rushed towards him, the man gave a cynical laugh and pulled the trigger. There was a click. Then the officers were on top of him as his laughter filled the room. Melissa grasped the podium tight and closed her eyes. She could hear the man's cynical laugh and the sound of a struggle. She felt her knees buckle and she held on tightly to keep from falling. Melissa! 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 Jack called out to her. Melissa felt the warm embrace of her assistant and then she slowly opened her eyes. The man was laughing maniacally as the reporters took pictures of him. Melissa stared, speechless, as the police officers lifted him from the ground and stood him up. She said nothing as they dragged him out of the room. Your safety is an illusion, he screamed as he was dragged out of the room. We can get you anytime we want. <laughs> He let out another maniacal laugh as the door of the conference room shut behind him. For a second, the silence in the room was deafening. Then Melissa watched in horror as the lights of the camera turned to her. Melissa's face turned white as the cameras flashed furiously. Jack leaned into the microphone as the cameras continued to flash. The press conference is over. Thank you so much for coming. He declared in a firm tone. The response only forced a wave of questions. Melissa just stared and stared. As the questions came at her. You stood there a minute ago telling us your organization was behind you. You said we're officers were not incompetent. Do you have any comments? The voices screamed at her. No more questions. No more questions, Jack said, covering the microphone. The superintendent will not be answering any more questions today. He superintendent, are you in over your head? Another voice asked. Superintendent, do you feel you're fit for the job? Superintendent, are you safe? Superintendent! 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 Melissa blinked as she regained herself from the shock of what happened and looked into the crowd. Superintendent, will you be resigning? Superintendent, do you feel like you've lost? Melissa turned to Jack, who was rubbing her shoulders, and then back to the crowd. She wanted to say so much. Her mind was racing as she tried to figure out something to say. She took a deep breath, turned to the crowd. She felt her whole body trembling. Say something eloquent, she said to herself. She took another deep breath and declared, 
Fuck. She was in a daze as she let go of the podium and she felt Jack drag her out of the room. Thank you.